Every day, Comcast Business is helping businesses big and small go beyond the expected to do the extraordinary. Because beyond a simple transaction, there is making a customer for life. Comcast Business. Beyond fast. Take your business beyond at ComcastBusiness.com. WWE Talk. I'm your host, the Big Cali Kid, Sean B. And God damn, it's good to be back. It has been a long minute since I've done a show on here. And I want to take the time right now to sincerely apologize to all my listeners out there. Um, since my last show, it has been a crazy roller coaster ride for me. Um, I moved to a new house, freaking got fired from my job, all kinds of crazy, uh, crazy shit been going on, so um, I am back now, and I will be back weekly to do WWE talk, um, I got some emails from a couple listeners out there in, who listen on iHeartRadio and asked when I was coming back, and um, uh you know who you are if you uh, emailed me. I emailed you back. And I just want to say publicly thank you. Thank you for uh, emailing me. And because honestly, I didn't think anybody, like, I know I get plays and stuff on here, but I didn't know I had, like, that kind of a fan base. Um, so it was appreciated. And it got me back on track. And I plan on being back for a while so let me at this time introduce my special guest for this episode he is with me on another network here on Spreaker called the Truth Poor Militia and he's going to be my special co-host for this episode Nick Boo Boo Bear Solomon what's up what's up so how you doing on this this fine evening? Good, I'm good, I'm good. Chilling like a villain named McMillan on the ceiling. <laughs> and this guy is probably one of the only other people that I talk to that knows about like as much wrestling as I do, as um, my sister and brother-in-law and stuff. The people I live with, they're not that big of wrestling fans, so. Um, it's good to have other people that are as huge a wrestling fan as I am. Well, you know, man, I 
absolutely love it. You know, I grew up on the 90s wrestling. I'm still, uh, like I told you, a more fan of the classic 90s and back into the 80s and 70s and stuff like that. I really just cannot stand, you know, any of this. Hey, hold on one second. I'm so sorry. Somebody keeps <laughs> fucking calling my damn phone, all right? Yeah. But, yeah I'm going to mute it for just a second, okay? Yeah. That he was playing some background music for us there. But anywho, on this episode, we're going to be covering WrestleMania 31. Talking about some of that. Talking um, the sad news that just broke recently in the WWE. We'll get to that. Then we're going to be jumping into some old school wrestling talk. Um, what was I going to say? I just... Had a brain fart here. WrestleMania 31 has was by far one of my favorite WrestleManias in a very, very long time. It's uh, it's good to see that WWE is starting to... Seems like they're getting back on track, so to speak. Um, feels like they're trying to get more back to that Attitude Era feel. And this year's WrestleMania it really felt like that shined through. And... Um, Especially the blatant thing. And, um, oh yeah, we'll talk about that right now in a minute too. Um, and anybody listening in live, feel free to hit us up in the chatty, um, and, uh, weigh in your opinions and stuff. Um, I also have a Skype, happy.schizo show. I will use it for this show as well. So, um, feel free to comment in or whatever as we talk about different stuff throughout the show. Um, WrestleMania... Real quick, real quick, hey, I just wanted to apologize about that phone call thing, man. Jesus, you tell people that you're going to be doing a fucking show with, you know, Happy the Clown. They're supposed to respect that. No, let me just call you while you're doing the fucking thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, WrestleMania started off with a fatal four-way tag team match, and it was... Um, I actually didn't get to watch that match, but the the tag team of Tyson Kidd and Antonio Cesaro, or just Cesaro, um, they ended up retaining the titles. They picked a, um, a few months ago, they picked up the tag titles from the Usos, um, which I was, I was both upset and glad about because... I'm a huge Usos fan, and um, but it's good to see Fresh Blood getting the tag titles now. Hopefully, they can start revamping the the tag team division because as of late, uh, the tag team division has been um, pretty garbage. Well, see if they put if they put enough behind Tyson Kidd because Cesaro he's a solid character. All he needs, because I think he's going to be a solid tag teams division kind of character. I don't see Cesaro as a main eventer. I see him as a glorified mid-card. You know what I mean? I'm, I just, I don't know about Cesaro. But Tyson, I think Tyson could be, have, have the potential to be a a main eventer if they push him just the right way. I mean, come on, he's got the skills. He's got, he's working on his showmanship. You can you can see that in that WrestleMania match. He definitely knows what he's doing, and I think he deserves a good push from the WWE to be. Uh, I think he could be. Uh, I think eventually, not 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 anytime soon, but I think eventually he could be a good world champion, a, a good WWE champ. Yeah, uh, 
see, I don't think they'll ever give him that kind of a push. Um, I would like to, honestly, I see Cesaro being a world champ before Tyson Kidd. Um, Cesaro's a freaking beast, man. Um, but he's just, I don't know, Cesaro just seems like such a, Cesaro reminds me of, like, the Rhino, you know, or, or, um, fucking, even Chris Benoit to an extent. And he just, uh, Benoit, you know, we know, eventually became a main eventer, but Rhino never left that mid-card status. Yeah. He and he still had, well, yeah, he still had those great matches, though, so I see where you're coming from. I just, I don't think, I think Cesaro is a good character, and they don't need to get rid of him or anything, for sure. They need to keep him where he's at, which is, you know, I, or they think it should promote him a little bit, take him to the mid-card instead of opening, like, WrestleMania and stuff like that, but. Yeah. He definitely deserves some sort of push, you know. Oh, agreed. Um, hell, get him in that intercontinental title picture with uh, Daniel Bryan and stuff. See, yeah, I could see that for sure. Like an intercontinental kind of guy or even, you know, U.S. champion, you know. I wish they'd bring back the TV championship. Right? They need to bring back the hardcore belt with the 24-7 rule on it. <laughs> uh, yes. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Um... But anywho, um, the second match of the pre-show to WrestleMania was the um, Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and uh, WrestleMania's 30 winner was Cesaro. So um, I had big hopes, hoping that Cesaro would win it again this year. I wanted to see him win it back to back, but um, ultimately it's it came down to the Miz and or not the Miz, Miz Dow. And Big Show, and um, Big Show actually pulled off the W in that one. I, I just I don't think that giving the victory to the Big Show there was the best thing for business. You know, I get that he's probably probably that'll probably be either his last WrestleMania or the next one will be his last one. You know, I get that, but giving the Big Show the Andre the Giant. Memorial, I think, should be strictly left for coming ups. You know, the guys who are still fresh, still young, need some notoriety to get the fans behind them so they can yeah. give them a good push. You know, I think that should be pretty much uh, just secluded to those types of, of wrestlers who are in the business. Now, I don't think giving it to Big Show is a good idea. I mean, unless they're working off some kind of, like, major storyline. You know, that's going to eventually evolve into, you know, Big Show's final match here at the WWE, and they wanted to give him some kind of crowns so that way he didn't feel useless, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. Or just because, like, the last, what, six years, he's gotten, the, like, the shit into the stick every WrestleMania. He did that sumo thing, and then he lost to, uh, he got KO'd by, what's his face, Floyd Mayweather. And, um, and WrestleMania hasn't been kind to the big show, so uh, maybe this was their way of saying, hey, thank you, um, win your first Battle Royal. Well, that definitely could be could be it, too, you know, no doubt about it. I mean, I definitely think Big Show has deserved better treatment over the years. He was a really... Wabbit? I think we just lost connection here <laughs> sorry about that let's see if I can get Solomon back on he had a call dropped so let's 
try to get him back on air. And I'm going to drop a quick song real quick while we fix these technical issues. And we'll be right back with some more WWE talk. Sorry about that technical issues. We got Nick Solomon back, though. Sorry, sorry, guys. But continue where I left off at. Big show. You know, he came to do this in the first place. They treat him like fucking gold. I mean, he was main eventing. I think, I don't know. I don't remember how they gave him a strap. You know, he was up against guys like The Rock and fucking, you know, all the, the top guys. And then it's just... Over the years, it's dwindled, you know, even, he was pretty quick, they even dwindled down to, like, mid-card. Yeah. 
you know, I think he deserves better treatment than that. Has for a long time. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, he used to. He used to be one of the biggest monsters in the WWE next to Kane and stuff. And even look at Kane now. Freaking, he's a shell. Yeah, I don't even talk about Kane. It's not Kane anymore. It's, it's corporate Kane. Yeah, I think they should call him by his real name, Glenn Jacobs. They should even call yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, we got Glenn Jacobs. Freaking, he's a shell. The shell of what Kane used to be. Well, he's went downhill ever since he took off the mask. Oh, yeah. I, I was so PO'd that night. I think it was against Rob Van Dam or something. Yep. And he, he lost the mask. And I was just like, why would you do that? That was why people loved your character. Was the mask and the mysteriousness. I mean, he did the same thing as The Undertaker. And I think he could have even been a main eventer like The Undertaker had he kept the mask. Oh, definitely. Because he was a main eventer for a long time. Thinking, but he turned into a joke. Yeah, it was... Uh, there for a, for a hot minute, he was pretty badass when he took the mask off. Um, I remember when he set Jim Ross on fire and stuff like that. And uh, he left for a minute, then he came back, and he had the mask back on, then he took it off again, and it was that on-again, off-again crap. It was like, and then he joined the authority, and he's corporate Kane now and stuff, and it's like, man, you're a joke now, freaking... He had the most yeah. loss, the most losses of any wrestler last year. He had like a hundred and fifty something losses. And I was like, I mean, yeah, the Undertaker only does like one show a year, and he's still ten times better. Oh yeah, and it was like, look, uh, I'll have to look back at the the records, but go back ten years, and you won't see Kane in the hundred and fifty loss record. Like freaking, that was uh. That was for, like, Perry Saturn and people like that that they would push over. <laughs> I hate it with Saturn. I love that character in WCW. Uh, Perry ruined Saturn. Yeah, especially, I remember when uh, he was with Terry Reynolds, and then he left Terry Reynolds, and he was uh, in love with the mop and some crap. Yeah, and, my God. He's still alive. He's, he's, uh, he left wrestling altogether. Last I heard, he was living out in Kansas City somewhere. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the WWE is really good about one thing, especially you know from about '04 on, they have been the absolute top of destroying people's characters. Oh, definitely, and I think a lot of that has to do. Um, well, a, a lot of people try to say it's Triple H. Triple H buries people. And no, it's it's McMahon more than anything. Well, see, the thing about that is, man, is I have to agree. Triple H does bury people because you know Vince has got creative control, all right. But he shares that creative control with Triple H. Triple but, H is COO in real life. He's COO. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, he did, Triple H definitely got you know he does. He's got McMahon's ear. It's like this sting sting. Match WrestleMania, man. Yeah, I ain't doubting that Triple H has pull, but um, a lot of it, like, I read a lot of, like, the backstage uh, stuff and all that, and McMahon does still have a lot of pull, and look at NXT. NXT is completely Triple H's brainchild. Like, he controls everything um, that has to do with NXT, and NXT, 
is better than um, SmackDown like ninety percent of the time. You know, I haven't. I have not sat down since I, I just got to network last night. I may sit down and finally watch some of this NXT shit that I keep hearing about. Everybody Dude. says the same thing. It's off the chain. It is. It's what it, WWE used to be. You know, so it really is. I'm like. like uh, when it first started as that that competition and stuff like that, it was whack. But once they made it an actual in-ring competition show, that um, like the Wyatt started off in, on NXT, the Shield, freaking Rusev, freaking all these big stars that are coming out now started on NXT. And it's like, that's completely Triple H. So when people are like, oh, Triple H is... I'm, I'm not doubting that he does help bury people, but for the most part, it's still McMahon, because look, look back in time at all the huge superstars, they all fit this one picture, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, The Rock, they're all these like um, well-built freaking uh, musclehead guys, Batista, if they don't fit the uh, McMahon certain image, um, nine times out of ten, he isn't going to give them a shot at the big title. Well, you see, it's just, it, well, that's really ticks me off because, you know, a perfect example is, you know, you go back to like 98, 99, whenever he had a team of people who did most of the creative stuff. Yeah. And you, you had somebody who was on the belt. For maybe six months, you know, it wasn't a long length. It was just long enough for people to, you know, the underdogs to have their hopes up. Foley held the belt. Yeah. You know, he had the strap for a while, probably like six months, I think. You know, and he was a great champion. See, I, I would rather have Foley or somebody like Foley or Bray Wyatt, for instance. I'd love to have him have the belt for a little bit. Oh, hell yeah. I completely agree with that. And hopefully within, towards the end of this year, into next year, that we'll probably hopefully see Bray Wyatt with the strap for at least a minute. You know, Bray Wyatt, I think, I think this WrestleMania match he had with Taker is really supposed to be a passing of the torch. Bray oh. Wyatt has the potential to be a, a, another Undertaker. I mean, he has the mysteriousness. He has this creepy aura about him. There are people who I've Oh, I completely agree. I'm a huge, huge Bray Wyatt fan. And um, that's what me and you talked about on your show a couple weeks ago over on uh, Truth Poor Militia. And um, I completely agree. Even though he lost, that was sort of the, the passing of the torch, so to speak. And... Um, I expect I expect a lot of good things from Bray Wyatt. If yeah, Bray Wyatt, if they keep going down this yes. same path as like Bray Wyatt, it'll be good because one of my biggest pet peeves about the WWE coming from last year into this year was the fact that they have barely any good characters. You see, they've got a lot of a lot of talent. You know, they don't have any characters. Yeah. I mean, you've got all these guys walking around like John Cena, clones. Yeah. And for a while there, it was like the only two, the only four people in the business with any kind of, like, character was the Usos and then Goldust and Stardust. Yeah. It was like, now yeah, more, like, now more and more, you're seeing all these, um, look, like, Seth Rollins is the champion now. And that's the first time in a while that it's an off, 
an off off brand, not really off brand, like a side character pushed into the main event. You saw uh, when Dolph Ziggler cashed in his money in the bank. He was the world heavyweight champion for like maybe two months or less than a, it was a month to two months, somewhere in there. Then he got stripped of the title. So hopefully the Seth Rollins, he isn't that, um, I wouldn't consider him like that pretty boy type of uh, character. So hopefully this is going to break the trend of these muscle head like pretty boys are the only ones that can carry the title. Because honestly, I was, I'm a John Cena fan. I will say that. I've said it on here. Uh, <laughs> um, but there for a while, all you were seeing is Cena versus Orton, Cena versus this person, Orton versus this person. There was only well, that's because, you know, for a long time, Orton, I mean, Cena, I don't really see as a character. I'm to be honest, it's just like this badass uh, Hulk Hogan copy. But Orton was really the only real, like, psychopath you know, character they had around for a while, so they kind of used him up as much as possible. And, you know, speaking of Cena, I know we talked about it over there on, on my show, but I, I really want to say something about it here. We talked about how the fact that they gave Cena the U.S. title again. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, because originally, my, my original opinion was that I thought it was a good idea to give Cena the, the strap, and as far as, you know, uh, U.S. title and then give Ryan the strap as far as the Intercontinental title because the notoriety and stuff. However, I was just thinking to myself last night, um, it might not be the best idea um, because you want to you give these up-and-comers, you know, these you know, new people who are coming into the business, a chance to have a strap, and that's kind of what those were meant for. I mean, I, mean, I was going to ask you about it. What, what do you think? Do you think that it's a good idea to give Cena and Brian a strap to bring the notoriety back? Do you think they should reserve it for kind of an unknown or a new, a new guy, you know, showing up the business likes or like, you know, uh, a couple of the other ones? I agree and disagree with that. I think right now is the perfect time to give Cena and Brian uh, the Intercontinental and U.S. title uh, just to bring that prestige back to it because um, they've been, uh, the U.S. title's been switching hands um, left and right before Rusev's held that, held the title for a hot minute now. And like, there was, it wasn't being defended. Like, uh, the Intercontinental, Wade Barrett's had it, freaking, it's been bouncing around, and, um, if they can get it to two people, and let them two people have it for a good run, bring the prestige back to it, then start bringing, um, have, like, um, I heard Adrian Neville from, um, NXT is coming to the main roster. If Adrian Neville, I would love to see him and Daniel Bryan in a feud, because uh, not only would that help push um, the up-and-comers, um, give them the push they need, but it would also make that title worth more when they win it. So, um, well, you, you know, um, I believe, I don't know, because I never watched for is, is, is it Kevin Steen on the, on the NXT roster now? Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to look into it. 
Uh, I believe so. I think he, he come. He, I don't know too much about Kevin. I've heard a lot of good things about this guy. He was with ROH, and I think he just did TNA, and everywhere he's went, it's been like gold as far as he is concerned. So I, I wonder if they're going to move him up anytime soon. I also heard Rhino had joined the NXT roster. Rhino, Rhino? Yeah, Rhino, Rhino from ECW, Rhino. Huh, I haven't heard anything about that. I'm definitely going to have to look. Cause it, it, it could have been like an April Fool's thing, you know, I don't know. Right. I seen it like last week. Oh, because I know, uh, I could see him bringing him in as a, a trainer or something because um, Bill Deboy or whatever his name was, he was one of the trainers for NXT and um, he recently stepped down because of allegations that he was like harassing uh, the people and, um, like, doing stuff really unprofessional backstage. And so he just uh, decided to retire before it got too hot. But it definitely could be a trainer, and I'm not really sure. But, I mean, I, I had heard something about Rhino coming to NXT, so, I mean, he probably is just a trainer. I don't know. They might bring him back in the ring competition. I mean... I don't know if that would be a good idea. Rhino's kind of used up. I mean, yeah. But I can see if, um, like, even if they start bringing these newer people over to the main roster, um, say they weren't, they beat so many people, and they get to uh, fight John Cena or fight Daniel Bryan for the U.S. or Intercontinental Title. Even if they lose to Bryan or Cena, they still got that hype that they were. They were in a match with a former, um, former world heavyweight champions and stuff. I was like, it's giving them a push and it's bringing prestige to the title. So, um, I think it's a good idea giving them the titles right now. Well, you know, that might be definitely expert in a different way. I'm a strap, you know, instead of giving it to a new guy. But then I, I do, one of the other reasons, you know, for all of you listening, I don't really keep up with, with uh, newer WWE stuff. I mean, I really, I just got network last night, and I actually have not watched a WWE match on that, or even a pay-per-view or a show or anything yet. I, I've watched like four different pay-per-views from WCW. I stayed up for a while last night. <laughs> And I'm a WCW guy, really. I mean, if you want to get down to it. But I love, I love classic wrestling for WWE as well. And so, you know, my biggest pet peeve, besides, you know, the fact that it's gone bland and they don't have any characters, is the lack of titles. Exactly. I mean, you've got the Intercontinental now. You've got the U.S. And you've got the Tag Team and World Heavyweight. That's cool. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with those titles. But I, I remember, you know, when I was younger, you used to have the hardcore belt. TNA Championship, you know, uh, the European belt. There's so, there's so many different titles they can have as, as well with those to give the up-and-comer a chance. I mean, can you imagine, uh, you know, fucking Dolph Ziggler getting his hands on a TV title? Right, that would be epic. And not only that, have more title matches on the main shows. Like, when's the last time you've seen um, back-to-back weeks of the Intercontinental title being defended on Raw or the U.S. title being defended on SmackDown. Hell, they... Well, hard- the thing about that was that's specifically what the TV title was for. It was for defending on the shows. Yeah, it was you like... You know, because they didn't, you know, no, not everybody can afford pay-per-view. And everybody wanted to see 
a title match. So they made this TV belt, which could be defended on almost every or every other show. Yeah, exactly. That's what they need to start getting back to. I know the last... Uh, I haven't watched the last two weeks of Raw since uh, WrestleMania, and i got to get caught up on them tonight, which I will do um, in preparation for next week's WWE talk. But um, I know the last two weeks that John Cena has put his U.S. title on the line. So if they're starting to put title matches back on the show, to me, that's a huge step in the right direction. Fucking, um, you need to have... Like the old school, the U.S., uh, the Intercontinental title, fucking the tag titles, almost every title was on the line at every pay-per-view. Yeah, and not just, not, and, and speaking of the show, not just defend the title successfully, but have, have it every so often. No, it don't have to be a big title. It don't have to be a world heavyweight or anything like that. But no, at least with the Intercontinental U.S. title, have it switch hands on Raw, on SmackDown. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I remember yeah, back in the day. Yeah, that would be epic for the fans. They would love that. Oh, yeah. Have a, have a ladder match for the Intercontinental title on Raw. I guarantee you the This Is Awesome chance. And you'll have crowds every week like you had on Raw the, the Monday after WrestleMania. Uh, that Raw, the Monday night after WrestleMania, was like the most insane crowd I have ever, ever heard. I still got to watch the rest of the show. I only watched... Like the the begin like the first twenty minutes of the show, but that crowd was freaking ridiculous, man. And like um, I've talked to some people, I've read a bunch of stuff online. Like the whole show, the crowd was just on point and explosive. And if you got if WWE starts uh, putting the titles on the line like they should, giving people the matches they want. I think the not only are they going to start bringing in a lot more people, then um, but old school fans will start watching again and stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I would definitely watch again if they had some better storylines. You know, more titles on the line or more titles in general. They need you know, to change it up. You know, bring some new blood in there. That's what they need to do. They're you know. They're, they're, they're struggling right now because they had this same iconic baby face for the last fucking 13 years. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know if this is Vince's doing or what, but um, it just seems like they try to live in the past. And it's like, it's cool when uh, we get to see Ric Flair every once in a while and stuff, but don't bring, uh, it just seems like they try to bring him back way too much. And it's like, they're past their prime. Give these new guys the opportunity. Instead yeah, of... Yeah, it's, not, it's not entirely that. Because I do like seeing the old guys every so often. You know? I'll sit here, but... Mate. my thing is, they bring out these same old guys. It's, it's either Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. Yeah. You know, those are the three legends who walk upon that stage all the time. Why not Why not bring X-Pac in for a short stint? Give him a run at the Intercontinental title. Oh, I would love that. Like, I remember... Oh, me too. Oh, my God. I loved Xbox as a kid. He was one of my favorites. A few months ago when they had um, Road Dogg and uh, Billy Gunn back fighting for the um, tag titles, I was... Um, I think he get out, son. Yeah, I was, I was stoked for it, but I was going for the Usos because I think that if they're going to bring these guys back, still give the newer guys that are going to be there when these guys go back into retirement, 
the push they deserve. Yeah, I mean, but it is nice, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I started watching TNA for a little bit, is because there were a lot of old, old cats on there, you know, a lot of classic cats, yeah. but there were classic cats you could see every week. You know, like, yeah. they had Disco Inferno back in there. They had uh, Scott Steiner before, you know, recently when he tried to kill Hulk Hogan. They had, you know, uh, Kevin Nash when he had been in the business for a while. They had a lot of great cats that you did not see barely. Yeah, Jeff yeah, Hardy and Matt Hardy are on TNA now. The Dudleys were over there for a, a good minute. I, you know, I keep hearing, man, the Dudleys are trying to come back to, to the big WWF. Yeah, that's what I've heard. We saw Bubba Ray at the Royal Rumble, and I heard Devon's on board, too, uh, for a comeback. So, hopefully... Can you imagine, you know, fucking... Sorry, I'm so sorry. Can you imagine uh, Bubba Ray and, you know, Devon coming back up against, like, the Usos or, you know... I would love to see that, man. Bring back the extreme in the tag division. You don't have to make it bloody oh, and geez, stuff. I miss that, man. That's I miss the extreme parts. Yeah. It was like you don't. Uh, it, sorry, it, was, uh, it don't have to be bloody or anything like that. But if you bring back people going through tables, the triangle ladder matches and stuff like that. Freaking, that's I mean, you go back and you watch WrestleMania 17, I believe it was. You know, I, for anybody listening, if, if you've never really watched a lot of classic stuff, or you're just new in the WWE and haven't watched anything from, like, I'd say 2010 and further back, go on YouTube, or if you have network, go to the network, look up an old WrestleMania, look for a match. It was, it was called TLC Triple Threat tag team match and it was probably the greatest ladder match in the history of ladder matches oh, it was definitely. Edge Christian versus Jeff Hardy versus the Dudley Boys and if you want to talk about work my god they knew how to work a match yeah, oh, it was yeah. absolutely phenomenal and there, I don't think there was very much blood no, but you know, whenever I talk to people about wrestling and you know where they're just don't get me wrong the blood adds something to it you love to see Yeah, I completely agree with that. Freaking the um, when Jeff Hardy was at the top of the ladder on the entrance way and did the Swanton Bomb onto Devon through the table, like there was no blood in that part at all. And I like I geeked out. I was like, yeah. I, I think I they did two. They did two. They they did a really successful one with Jeff Hardy That's I think that's what they need to get back to. Bring the tables back. Bring the chairs. They can get back to that extreme, and that's what the fans want. They can oh, they can every time 
every time you see him pull out a steel chair, you you can hear the surge of the crowd. It's they they always throw it out what's best for business. Well, I myself and I know a lot of listeners out there, or fans out there, will agree that we want that extreme back breaking. The table. Yeah, you know, you know, like in 06, man, when they tried to bring back the ECW. That was, that was bad. It was really bad. Well, it, yeah. it, it was, but it also was a good thing because we got freaking some amazing wrestlers out of it. We got the, um, we got, um, CM Punk from that, Bobby Lashley. Making, there was a lot of good people that came from it. You know, I agree with that. I do say we did get some great wrestlers. I mean, we had a few good matches. But the ECW in general, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, it was sad. It was. It was sad. Yeah, now, now, I do remember the first night, because, dude, I was not watching wrestling at the time. And then I heard they're doing ECW again. And I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be awesome. So, I tuned into Sci-Fi. And like one of the first few matches on the card was Foley and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. And so I was like geeking out because it was an extreme rules match. Foley and Tommy Dreamer. I mean, you know, I haven't seen a match like that in like 10 years. And then like the next show was just bad. Yeah. Because they tried to implement their own uh, brand of characters and stuff. I remember that. That vampire guy was on there to site. Oh my god, yeah, I remember him too. He could have been a good character, it was kind of corny. Yeah, it was like, that's what killed it. If they would have kept, like, the the badass people they had, but it was, it was doomed from the beginning. It had a good run, but I didn't see it lasting very long. And I remember the one night thinking, I was in love with that diva Kelly Kelly. She was like so fine. And I remember the one night um, on ECW, she got up on the on the ropes and she actually flashed the wrestler. And like um, I found the clip later on online, and I was like, because oh. she was like so she was so fine, and that. That was probably one of my favorite moments from ECW when they brought it back. Oh, you know, I miss... I remember when I discovered ECW for the first time. Dude, I, I tell you, I was so disappointed. I had discovered it really, you know, before ECW came back on, but I never really watched too much. Yeah. I had choice matches from Mick Foley. And so I went back and caught some matches from ECW, and then I went back and watched the 2006 stuff, and I'm just like, there's no comparison. Oh, no, because freaking, I remember, I forget what the what match it was, but at the end of the match, the, the whole arena right there, because they used to do it in the little ballroom in Brooklyn or whatever, and, like, everybody just threw their chairs into the middle of the ring. And it was like, you don't see stuff like that anymore. And, uh... When they did bring it, uh, when they did bring it back, that's why I was like uber stoked because uh, Sabu was back and the Sandman and all these great people were we were able to see him again. But then they dumbed it down 
with the freaking that vampire guy and all these other weak cats and stuff. Yeah, I have a question. You've heard of JCW, of course, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a VHS from them in the next week or so, yes, VHS. Because uh, I can find DVDs, and I was wanting to know if it's worth, because it's only like five bucks. Is it, is it worth the five bucks, or is it like a best of JCW? Um, all the JCW stuff I've seen, for those of you who don't know, it's Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Um, Every all the stuff I've seen from it's been pretty awesome. You said it's five bucks. Yeah, it's like it's like five bucks on Amazon. Yeah, see, I'd pay five bucks for it. Okay, I didn't mean I don't usually I don't usually get VHS stuff because I had a bad experience with an old WCW tape that I got was cut up and such because Ted Turner didn't want to afford like the end of the match or something. Uh. <laughs> but. I don't usually, you know, I haven't really watched any JCW stuff. Now, I know they had Saboon, Kevin Nash was there for a bit, Scott Hall did a stint, uh, Rob Van Dam, of course. Yeah. You know, some of the greats in ECW and WCW have done stints with JCW. And I, did, I just didn't know if it was crappy. Because I didn't know like JWO there, you know, with Scott Hall. Yeah. Then they, um, a lot of people don't know, but ICP was in the WWF for, for a hot minute. Until Vince totally wasn't going to pay them. Yeah. Uh, they were in, they were in, WWE actually had one of their matches at SummerSlam. They always got uh, the shit beat out of them, but still, they were, they were there. Yeah, they were, they were WWE, and then they were with WCW for a bit. Yeah, I saw. And then they showed up in TNA, with Jim Cornette was running the shit in TNA. Yeah, and, um. We've gotten completely off the uh, talk about WrestleMania, but um, sorry, I, I, I do that. I, I apologize. Oh no, it's it's worked out perfect, but because um, I was just gonna recap all the the matches and stuff. But um, as regards to TNA goes and stuff, TNA, I used to I used to watch it just as loyal as I'd watch Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Um, I'd watch Monday Night Raw, then Thursday nights I'd watch TNA, and then Friday night I'd watch SmackDown, and, uh, that was when, I believe it was Jeff Jarrett and stuff was the owner of it and all that, and as soon as that Dixie Carter chick took over, um, it was like, it all went downhill for him, and now the company's pretty much, they're doing, uh, shows and, like, bunk-ass arenas everywhere, and it, I, TNA, honestly, they had the opportunity to become the next, the next WCW to the WWF. There could have been another, there could have been another. They did, you know, they did, they had a lot of potential. The Octagon Ring, the great talent they had start over there, you know, AJ Styles, uh, fucking Abyss, uh, Smoke yeah, they had such great talent. Plus, they had great cats you hadn't seen in a while, you know, who were from WCW and WWE. And they, and had, so they definitely had the potential to rival. They, we could have had another Monday Night Wars on our hands, but... Yeah, exactly. It just it went downhill. It did. It, it went from, you know, DNA wrestling to, like, Impact Wrestling, you yeah. know. And it was like, uh, 
from everything I've read, Dixie Carter, her parents are like, she was born with a silver spoon in her mouth. She's had no experience in the wrestling business and bought this company as like, I don't know if it was like, oh, I just, I just want to try my hand at a business. Here, I'll, I'll take over the wrestling. But like, she completely screwed it up. She it went from the six-sided ring to the four-sided. And that's when I started like, noticing the, I was like, okay, freaking, I can understand, maybe they're trying to rival WWE, but then they started uh, rehashing, like, old, old WWE storylines, they tried to do their own, um, um, Bret Hart screwjob type thing over on TNA, and it was like, um, once they started, I noticed, started noticing these storylines were reboots of old WWE storylines, I was like, no, that's freaking, they had, they had so much potential, the X Division was freaking wicked, man, you had AJ Styles, freaking, all these, these, um, uh, beer money, all these good-ass guys, and, then you have Fold went over there and had some great matches with Sting. Oh, yeah. And Jeff Jarrett, he had some phenomenal... I watched, uh, it was a big cage match that him and Sting had, and dude, you couldn't tell that they were out of their prime. They rocked that night. Oh, yeah. I see they had uh, the big old cage around the six-sided ring, then it had, like, these ropes in the middle of it, and the X Division title was in the middle of these ropes. So they had to climb the cage, and then they had to, like, monkey across these ropes to try to get to the belt. And I was like... They breed matches like that, you know, that, that's good stuff. But, you know, there is a rumor about TNA as far as its wrestling is concerned. And that is, and I don't know, you know, I don't have anything to confirm this, but there are a lot of people going around saying that McMahon owns TNA. Um... I don't think McMahon owns it. I know there was talk of him possibly buying it when, um, when it went under, because uh, I know they got uh, their contracts all dropped on Spike and stuff. That's why they're on a different network now and all that. Um, but I heard it was like some um, I forgot what company it was that just bought him out. Because I don't. Oh, I know it's on the American something channel. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I know a lot of people were talking about McMahon buying it and offering uh, <coughs> offering handfuls of uh, people contracts and then just burying it. Which which that, I could honestly see. Also, also I heard McMahon has <laughs> he bought TNA. But he sort of understands what he did wrong with WCW and keep it around as some kind of competition. Maybe he's a, a hidden investor in it. I don't. I honestly don't know. But that would be smart. That way he can. It would be, yeah. That could actually feed into a a future storyline there. Another um, instead of the Monday Night Wars because TNA's on Thursday. And uh, SmackDown's on Thursdays now. They can do the Thursday Night Wars. It would be kind of cool to see another like invasion type thing. That, yeah, that would, it would definitely. Be cool. I mean, because McMahon's got to do something, man. He's got to turn it around. 
I mean, people are starting to stop watching. This whole Steam thing with this cash cow. Yeah, I think they completely screwed the pooch. I saw, I saw this meme uh, yesterday. It was the from the Triple H and Sting match, and he said, <laughs> "Shows him with the Triple H looking at a sledgehammer." He's like, "My sledgehammer don't work, so I'll just uh, bury him." Then you see another picture of him holding a shovel. Nice. But um, the match. The match itself was fucking epic. Don't get me wrong. I I enjoyed every match at WrestleMania. But the way it ended, I think that's where they screwed the pooch for that match. Well, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, this was his big break, you know. I mean, not big break. He was already a star, what am I saying? But, but he... He already had his name out there. Wrestling is something that he wanted to do. Yeah, it was like, there's been so much hype for so many years. What if Sting comes to the WWE? Yada, yada, yada. And for him to make his, make his debut at WrestleMania and possibly his final match and to lose, I think they, they, they raw dogged him. Oh yeah, they, 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 they were all not good. That's really the only way to say it. I agree. It, it, it was completely and utterly, absolutely dreadful the way they ended him. And, I, and deep down, I had the feeling that I knew they would never admit that WWE, or WCW was ever better than WWE. And I think that's kind of why they they pushed Triple H to win that match. Is just the the final nail in the coffin that oh that's WWE is the the power. Well, I think yeah, I agree. I think it was kind of supposed to be a metaphor, you know. WWE is is the absolute and you know end all be all of it was you know, cool the that they, world. It was cool that they buried the hatchet at the end of the match. I geeked out seeing. DX and NWO out there and all that. That was it was epic. It was one hell of a match, definitely. But it could have ended a lot better than a freaking sled, a broken sledgehammer to the face to to end it. Well, yeah, I think that was probably you know besides the fact that he won, that was probably the worst part about it was the fact that. It didn't end fairly, you know, like, it ended with a daggum uh, sledgehammer in the face. Yeah. You know, like, that is not the way to do it. No. Yeah. You know? The way they should have ended that, if they were going to have to get the triple H, it should have ended, you know, I'm talking about, they should have went on longer, in my opinion, like five, ten more minutes longer. Oh, yeah, definitely. They should have had a kick out right there. Um, possibly had another... Um, side or ring side brawl between the NWO and DX and all that, and, and then, <laughs> and then ultimately, if if it was gonna be the way it ended, which it did, with Triple H winning, it should have been by pedigree or something like that. Well, you know, it's just not the way it should have happened, man. 
honestly, I think really Triple H should tap out to the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, that would have been that would have been so beautiful, man. But yeah, honestly, that, that, would... that was the only my only disappointment in this year's WrestleMania because other than that, the whole show was just freaking amazing. You didn't hear you didn't hear any this match or this is boring chance. You didn't hear um, any boos towards both superstars in the match. You of course the bad guy in the match would get booed and stuff. But it wasn't directed towards the match. It was directed at who it was supposed to be directed to. And um, throughout the night, uh, watching it on TV, you could feel the electricity. Because they were, they had the "This is awesome" chance, and, and the crowd was behind it. And that's that's what made it so much more amazing for me, because we haven't seen that in such a long time. And they finally brought. A good quality WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, I have to say, out of the last few Manias, this has been pretty good. This is probably the best one since 26 with McMahon took on Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was another big match. I didn't get to see, which I will probably, as soon as we get off here, be going on the network to maybe watch that in WrestleMania just to see that match. Oh, yeah, yeah that, was, that was an epic match, man. Um, Are you seeing it already? Yeah. I've watched uh, every WrestleMania for like the last se seven years or so. I've watched it live every year. Well, was, you know what? I have, I have a match for you to go check out. I was it's called, it, it's, it's, the, it's not McMahon, it's um, the Steve Austin, Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13, I Quit match. Oh, dude, that's one of my favorite matches of all time right there. Yeah, dude, I, I have to say, in my opinion, if you want to talk about top WrestleMania matches of all time, it's definitely in the top five. Oh, definitely. I, Would you I think don't know, I might, even, I might even put it as number one. I don't know, there's so much, so many great matches, it's really hard to choose. But if I really had to choose, it'd be really, realistically, one or two. Oh, yeah. When you hear someone say, I quit, you, at least for me, I automatically think of that match. Stone Cold, freaking in the sharpshooter, freaking blood running down. down his face. Yeah. That freaking... Yeah. That, that I mean, match it, was, it was an absolute, it was an absolute fucking awesome match. There is no doubt about it. And, um, it was good to see WrestleMania start this year, how it ended last year with Daniel Bryan winning a title. We've already talked about how he's the new Intercontinental Champion. That ladder match was pretty epic. You saw Dean Ambrose get powerbombed over the top rope through a ladder. Um, I guess he actually got hurt during that. And um, this WrestleMania all in all was awesome. The way it ended was awesome. I and I pretty much called it during the match, freaking, after the last, um, when Roman Reigns made his, was doing his comeback, and I was like, watch, because they were both laying down in the ring, um, and I was like, watch, Rollins is going to come out and cash in Money in the Bank, and no sooner I said that, Rollins' music hit, and he came running down, and like, everybody in the room just looked at me, and they were just like, you son of a bitch! <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not a Seth Rollins fan at all, but I was, like, geeking when he casted that Money in the Bank because 
it just added to an already freaking amazing WrestleMania. And Undertaker beating Bray Wyatt, John Cena beating Rusev finally. Freaking, um, I got to see uh, my favorite, I call her my wife, AJ Lee and Paige. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to kill Sam, not literally. This is not, I do not literally mean I will kill Sam. <laughs> One day, I will take AJ Lee from him. He's just holding on to her for the time being. But, um, I, real quick, I'm sorry to interject. I have a bit of, bit of news. Um, it's, it's not wrestling pertaining, and we probably won't go any further on it, but is anybody there, or you, or anybody listening in a Dukes of Hazard fan, uh, James Best, the guy who played Roscoe Coltrane, the police officer, you know, from Dukes of Hazard, from Hazard County, just passed away at 88. Damn. Yeah, I, I, used, to, I used to love that show as a kid. But, yeah, you know, my mom, on the my mom was a, a Dukes of Hazard fan. We'll give him a moment of silence here. There we go. Again. He's a really good actor, good show, you know. Indeed. Um, but yeah, freaking, which moves me into some more sad news because broke this week on WWE.com. AJ Lee has officially retired from the WWE. Um, they're still. Ah, oh, screw you, Solid. <laughs> again, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Nothing against AJ. You know, I will admit that she has she's quite attractive. She got a nice ass. Uh, I get that. But the fact is, dude, a, they have destroyed women's wrestling, man. I agree. And if you go back and listen to any of my old WWE talk episodes, um, when I talk about the Divas match, I refer to them as the sleeper matches, and I'll just brush through them. But as of late. The Divas division's been picking up, and a big part of that has to do with AJ. She actually, she's, since, um, like, Lita and Trish, she was one of the few that could go out there and, like, kick some ass. Uh, Paige is pretty good as well, but um, AJ Lee is freaking the female CM Punk. It's funny that I say that because they're actually married and stuff, but... She she could go out there and kick some ass. And I think her retiring just dealt uh, a serious blow to the Divas division because you got the Bella Twins and all these like um, supermodel chicks that when they get into the ring, the matches are so slow now. And it was refreshing to see Paige and AJ and a, a handful of other um, Divas that they got now that can bring back that... Uh, fast-paced, good Divas match. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have to say, I do agree that it's been picking up a little bit, but they just they have destroyed a lot of it, man. I mean, I, I miss the days of China and Lita and Bull Nakano and all oh, these yeah. plays, man. <laughs> that was that was women's wrestling, because that was some badass, you know, stuff. I... I I have a Survivor Series from um, 88, 
sensational Sherry, you know, the Jumping Bomb Angels, great tactics that were doing stuff way before their time. Oh, yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't know if you know her, she was on uh, TNA for a while. Uh, she went by the Awesome Kong on TNA. And, yes, yes, I know, I know um, who Karma is. Yeah, she moved over to WWE as Karma, and once she came over, I was like, yes, there's, it's gonna be a uh, freaking, a powerhouse chick coming back to the Divas division, but I heard she got pregnant or something came up, and that's why um, she was gone, and she was supposed to have come back, and I don't know what happened, and just, she just kind of disappeared. But she could have brought some, like, legitimacy back to the Divas division. Because she was Yeah, definitely. Of, but, uh, yeah, I heard that she got pregnant like you did. And um, they just, I don't know if they got rid of her or she just couldn't do it, you know, after she had the baby or whatever. But, yeah, I was like, I was stoked when, uh, when I heard she was coming over and stuff. Because she could have, she could have raised hell in the divas division. Because there's really been no like Natalia. She's a she's a big chick, but not like nothing like uh, Karma or how China was and stuff. She could have. Well, you know, whatever happened to um, whatever happened to that girl who was Molly Holly? Oh, Molly Holly. Um, I don't know what happened. Uh, I remember, um, I forgot like what was it. The, I remember her getting her head shaved at WrestleMania and stuff. And she went all crazy and all that, but shortly after that, she just disappeared. You know, I heard that China will not be inducted to the Hall of Fame ever. Nope, she has some, like, uh, really strong beefs with them. And it sucks because she, if any diva... Or women's wrestler. I don't like, I don't like referring to it as the Divas Division. I think that's where they messed up, is when they scrapped the women's title and uh, changed it to the Divas title. Yeah. But she was, she, she honestly, she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Freaking, she was one of the only females to be the women's champion and Intercontinental champion. Well, you know. Uh the thing about it is, uh, there's two reasons why she'll never make it to the Hall of Fame. Number one, her and Triple H had a relationship at one point. Yeah. You know, and um, here recently, she threatened Triple H with a lawsuit because she says, I don't know, I don't think it happened because, you know, she waited this long to say anything about it, but she says that he hit her after she found out that him and Steph had been messing around. Yeah, that was freaking. There's uh, the statute of limitations for something like that is way, yeah. way gone. Freaking. Um, besides that, she also had a lot of ties with the adult film industry. Yep, that's about the big ten one. Ten years ago, we wouldn't have cared. You know, the WWE wouldn't have cared, but now it's PG era. Yeah, and see, that's what I like. Uh, that's why I laughed when I, I heard about that, too, because I've seen her porno, The Back Door to China. Freaking, uh... Give me a second. I'm sorry. The Back Door to China? Yeah. The Back Door to China. 
uh, honestly, I I didn't even get off to it. I was like, I just wanted to see what it what it was about because I heard about it. I was like, China, no way, everly, ever did I find sexually attractive. So I just I had I had a abused my curiosity with that, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, WWE's such like prudes now about it. Like Tori Wilson, um, Tori Wilson was in Playboy, Sable, freaking uh, Candice Michelle, and there's all these uh, female wrestlers, and I think that's why a lot of them have got the got eighty six. Freaking Candice Michelle, she was actually a pretty good wrestler. Um, that I know she was doing that GoDaddy stuff and whatever, and um, it just seems like now more and more, if you have any ties to the adult industry or uh, you pose nude for Playboy or something, then WWE 86 is you. And a lot of their old stuff was influenced by stuff like that. They had Pamela Anderson on their back in the day. Freaking. Um, Remember May Young? She's May Young's in the Hall of Fame, and she was forever running out there, flashing her old saggies. <laughs> rest in peace, May Young. But still, ooh. yeah, yeah, rest in peace, but dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh um, man, yeah, this year's WrestleMania was. And this is the last I'll say about it. Since uh, the last probably five years, maybe even, I'll have to go back and uh, look, but probably since the, um, what match was it? The year that they were in Hollywood. I think that was when uh, WrestleMania started going downhill. They had... They had matches here and there that were epic, but the night that Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit won the titles in the same night, until this year's WrestleMania, I think they've been okay, but this has been like the best one since that WrestleMania, in my opinion. Well, uh, I'll, I'll have to agree. You know, I'll have to agree. Out of all the WrestleManias we've had, it has been the best day long. And hopefully the they'll carry the momentum from that into the next pay per view coming up is Extreme Rules. So hopefully, yeah, I, I got it. I got it for nine, nine, nine. <laughs> That's right. Nine, nine, nine. Yes, yep. sir, I do. And it's free for the month of April. So any of our listeners out there don't got the WWE Network, go get that shit for free. So, real quick, you know, I, I do want to say something about the network. We were talking about before you started the show. And I, there are some things, uh, I'll let you guys know who's listening, you know, about the network that may deter you from from getting it. Now, if you're all about just wanting the pay-per-views and a lot of the WWE stuff, you know, or if you're just wrestling fan you want the network to go for, it's perfect for you. But if you specifically are wanting access to the libraries of ECW, WCW, WCCW, any of those great past promotions, and I don't, I mean, you have a big library, don't get me wrong, I'm looking at, you know, I'm fixing to watch World War Three from 1995 here in just a little bit, I'm, I'm going to start watching the Nitros and, you know, the WCW, the problem is that 
they don't have any nitros except for 1995 to 1996. Yeah. Now, they've got, they've got a bunch of pay-per-views. I mean, I think they have almost all the pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're just about the pay-per-views, it's fine. It's perfect for you. But if you really want Nitro and stuff like that, then it's, it's not it's not here. I mean, it gives you from 95 to 96, which is a good amount of people. Well, it's just a good amount of Nitros. It is, that's, that's a lie. You know, don't get me wrong. But it's still, like, it's not, you know, it's not huge. It's not a huge amount. You know, I, I could probably finish those Nitros. If I sat down and really, really had nothing to do for, like, a week, I could probably finish all the Nitros. You know, we get it from like, you know, the time I get up to the time of the bed, watch Nitro after Nitro after Nitro, I probably finish in about a week. Oh, yeah. Um, <coughs> and that's, that was my only uh, beef with it as well, is that they didn't have the old Monday Night Raws and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I was really upset about that. I was That's one of the reasons I got on the network last night, because you've been telling me for weeks, dude, you should get the network. You know, dude, get the network. You've got all this stuff. You know, I, I, I go on and on about classic wrestling, and finally, you know, Sean here told me, dude, you should get the network. <laughs> so, so I looked into it last night, and it was just, you know, it was a perfect deal. You know, you don't have to pay until for April. You don't have to pay until May. So I can cancel it in between here and May. Got all this stuff, and so I'm probably going to end up keeping it. Maybe because I don't have a laptop, and my Android found out last night it's not compatible with the WWE app. Uh, is it an older Android? It's like an RCA Android. Yeah, it's probably like one of the first ones to come out. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, but, um, but my wife's Kindle, my wife's Kindle does work, and she said that, you know, I can use it every so often because we don't like, I don't really touch her stuff as far as that's concerned, she doesn't touch mine, you know, it's just, you know, whatever. Well, yeah. So, I'm going to end up keeping it, I think, at the very least, I'll keep it until SummerSlam. Oh, definitely. Because I, I've never got to see a live SummerSlam, so. Really? I'm going to... SummerSlam is my favorite pay-per-view besides World Rumble and WrestleMania. Yeah, it's the the three biggest pay-per-views a year: WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I I do miss. I I heard a rumor. Um, uh, you know, I, I I have done a lot of free and listening. That's why I hear all these rumors. And I I'll go around the wrestling forums and stuff like that. And I heard that possibly in the next year or two. McMahon is thinking about bringing back Bash at the Beach. That would be freaking epic, dude. Bash at the Beach. And I heard possibly, this is just, this, a lot of people said, you know, when I was when I was talking about it with him, this is really just something that fans would love to see. And he hasn't mentioned it once or twice, but there's no indication that he'll ever bring it back. Possibly World War Three. You know, three rings. That you know, cool. Battle Royal. That would be freaking epic right there. Yes, it would. But I don't know, you know, I'd love to see some of the old WCW papers. He had all of that name and not using it. Yeah, because I remember there for a while they were using some of them, like the Great American Bash and stuff like that. But, yeah, um, yeah, like, that was really cool. I thought bringing the Great American Bash to WWE was awesome. I actually got, like, two of those Great American Bashes. <laughs> So, you know, I thought that was really awesome, but yeah. then, then they bring Bash at the, you know what I mean? Yeah, they bring Bash at the Beach back, I will, like, super geek, because, like, I used to forever be making uh, the arenas, or, like, the shows on the WWE games, I'd make Bash at the Beach. Oh, yeah, me too, dude. 
I, I remember back when I had 64 and we had no mercy. I would do Bash the Beach and Starcade. And, yeah. you know, I'd have Hogan and uh, Steiner and all the wrestlers made for WCW. Because, yeah, I, I love the No Mercy. Still to this day, if I have the 64, I'd be playing the hell out of the No Mercy, son. Dude, I got a 64 emulator on my computer with a with the Nintendo 64 controller. So, yeah. I get down on it whenever I get a chance. <laughs> hey, you know what you need to do, man? Um, I don't know if you ever looked. But the emulator I had had uh, a built-in hacks so you can activate. It it'll, give you, it'll give you, like, a, one of them gave me, uh, turn the arena into tables. <laughs> That'd be epic. <laughs> yeah, and then one of them took the ring away. You yeah. know, and stuff like that. Like, there's just different little hacks that people have done to add to it, and you can do so much with it. It's really cool. Yeah, that's why I was, like, I was really happy with the last, uh, uh WWE 2K14. I still have I yet to... Yet. I have yet to play 2K15, and I really want to, just because Sting's in it and stuff. But, um, the 2K14 was, they had some of the old WCW arenas and stuff. They had the Nitro Arena and stuff like that, so I like geek out and all. I'll play on like the old arenas and stuff like that. Just because I like to... I like to sit there and have my own fantasy matches and stuff like that. I know me and you have talked about doing, oh, yeah. doing a fantasy wrestling podcast and stuff. It's like... You know how many times, and I know we need to finally sit down and do it. You know, we need to sit down and do the commentating for, you know, uh, Undertaker's thing. Oh, yeah. Because it's never going to happen unless we make it happen. Dude, it's, it's in talks right now, actually. This weekend, no, I, there's no way, dude. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen at WrestleMania. They said, um, just because, like I was, uh, we talked about on your show. Um, I, Sting did an interview before WrestleMania with ABC or something, and they asked him what what he had planned for after WrestleMania, and he said honestly, he felt that WrestleMania was gonna be his last match. And uh, he said if the WWE asked him to do anything for, like, um, Survivor Series or next year's WrestleMania, he would consider it. But that was probably going to be his last match. But then uh, after WrestleMania, people spotted him and Undertaker at the airport together. And there's been a lot of rumors circling that possibly at SummerSlam there might be an Undertaker-Sting match. Oh my god, dude, I hope so, and I just got the network, and I, oh my god, I hope dude. so. And I think this is going to be the first SummerSlam in, like, the last four years that it's not going to be in Los Angeles. It's good. They're finally moving it somewhere else. And if that match happens, I'm going to cry, because freaking, I have yet to go to a SummerSlam, and it's been two hours away from me, like, the last four years, and every time... I'm like, I'm gonna go to SummerSlam. Something comes up and I can't get the tickets. Just like I was. I bring it to Jacksonville. That'd be hilarious. Just like I was supposed to be at WrestleMania this year, but I got fired and fucking all kinds of shenanigans and like the whole the whole WrestleMania during like certain uh, those like you know that was a WrestleMania moment. I was like, I was supposed to be there. <laughs> hey man, it's okay. You know, I have never 
been to a wrestling event of that size. And I've never seen but a few. Now, I do have one moment. Out of all the years of watching wrestling, I do have one moment that I will always remember because I bought a pay-per-view. I bought Vengeance, Night of Champions, 2007. Uh-huh. It was the last... It was the last week that Chris Benoit was alive. Oh, snap. I watched that pay-per-view because was, that was one of the matches I got it for. There were a few matches, and I wanted to see Benoit take the title. And then Johnny Nitro comes out. They said Benoit couldn't make it. And then the next day, I find out Benoit was dead. Yep. Again, I That's get... one moment I will always remember. I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. I, I remember because I bought that pay-per-view. Yeah, see, I kind of have a story like that, but it's about Eddie Guerrero. Um, I've been to, like, I can't even count on my on both of my hands how many live events I've been to, but I've never been to a pay-per-view. It's always, like, a televised draw or SmackDown or a house show. But um, this one time, um, they had a SmackDown here, and we, um, we got to go down to ringside uh, during the main event, and... Um, we got to shake hands with Batista, Eddie Guerrero, and Randy Orton. And then uh, when we were leaving the arena, Eddie Guerrero's lowrider was outside the hotel next to the arena. And uh, we got to see his car and all that. And freaking uh, one month later, Eddie Guerrero died. Oh, man. I, I, that was, I remember that because I watched the last SmackDown or Raw he was on. And I was, I, I'm not going to lie, I know that people were like, oh, you're ridiculous, but I, Eddie Guerrero was a favorite of mine for a very long time. Oh, same. You know, I loved him in WCW, I loved him in WWE, you know, he had good, that Brock Lesnar match, and the way out was freaking absolutely unbelievable, oh, yeah. you know, um, and so he passed, I cried like a baby. Oh, there's, same there's, here. There's, he is the only wrestler that's ever died that I've cried over. And, like, especially when they did that tribute on Monday Night Raw, they were playing the Johnny Cash song and all that. And it was just like, like, I broke yeah, down. I, I watched that. So, uh, yeah, it was horrible, man. You seen Ray up there taking his mask off. And you see a big show cry and, and stuff. It was like, it's weird seeing these, like, some, like big show and stuff that are just Oh, crying. man, did you see him come out for his match? Yeah. And I, I, I honestly, don't like, um, I honestly don't think that he he did it. You know, I as far as that is concerned, I'll never know. We'll never know. We were never there. There's yeah. so many different things going on that there definitely could have been somebody else there that did it that hit it up really well. But the fact is, is that he was blamed for it. And don't yeah. get me wrong, if he actually did it or whatever. It was horrible, you know, it was bad, but the fact is, that has nothing to do with his in-ring performance. The guy was, there's a match, if you really want to know about Benoit, there's a match that he did in WCW against Brett. Brett came back out of retirement after Owen left, or after Owen died. And then I think like 
he ever did in WCW was with Benoit. And it was a tribute match. And I watched it the other night, and it brings tears to your eyes, man. Like, if, if there was ever a tribute match that should be, you know, given to Owen, that was it. Yeah, see, that's what's up. And it's, it's sad because um, Chris Benoit, as the in-ring um, amazing competitor that he was, will always is now shadowed by uh, Chris Benoit, the the mass murderer, suicide. Yeah, and it's like well, you see, Benoit. I have did as much research as I possibly can on this, and listened to podcasts from different wrestlers talking about it. And uh, in this month and a half or month span, Benoit's last you know thirty days on this earth, he went through a lot. I mean, you know, we won't even talk about just the last month. Talk last year or so. You know, he lost. Eddie, Eddie was one of his best friends. Yeah. And then in that last month that he was alive, Sherry goes. Sherry was one of his best friends as well. Yeah. And so, you know, he's got, he had a problem with roids, which is his fault. But he, has, he also combined that with medicine that he was over-prescribed, which has been proven. If you go back and look, yeah. his doctor, I don't know if he was charged or not, but was in some hot water because he over-prescribed. Yeah, and I don't think he I don't think anything ever did happen to the doctor. I don't know. But I'm not sure of that combined with the roids, you know, combined with the chronic depression from losing two of his best friends in the last year. I, I think that there was some chemical imbalance. Plus, you know, people like to forget that Ben Wallace's finishing maneuver was off the top rope. He did this probably five nights a week, 360 days a year. Yep. You know, I mean, he... Uh, jumped off the top rope, landed on his fucking head every night. That obviously is going to have problems. I remember reading an autopsy, and they said he had the brain of like a 65-year-old. Yeah, and it was like there was empty beer cans in his house, but the toxicology report said there was no, he had no alcohol in his system. And it was yeah, like, and stuff like that that makes it fishy. And it just got. And it's just like it got hushed up so quick. That's what made me think, oh, there was more to this story than what they what they uh, put out there. I just I don't understand one thing. You know why McMahon said that night, the next night. You know, hey, Benoit will never be mentioned in WWF record, WWE record ever again. But then I get the network, and just for, you know, S&G, I was bored, you know, I'm like, oh, you know what, I'll see what happens, I put, so I put Chris Benoit on the search bar on network, and I find, I find him on the network. Well, I think a lot of people uh, raised a lot of hell about it, too. It was like, you can't have the WWE Network and have all these great matches and censor out Chris Benoit, because he was a big part of a lot of freaking epic Attitude Era matches and stuff. Oh, yeah, he was, man. Him and the Radicals, freaking, they were always out there, freaking, messing with people. I remember when, oh, what's-his-face, Dean Malenko had a, had a crush on Lita and stuff, and he kept trying to get Lita to sleep with him. And, yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's another vastly underrated superstar. A Dean Malenko? Oh, yeah, the man with Alton Holtz. Yep. Vastly underrated. He's not given the credit he deserves. He had great matches if you go back and you'll find most of his best stuff in WCW like I said I'm a WCW guy you know what I mean 
be my bread and butter. And so you go back and you look at some of his greatest stuff in WCW, man. He had matches against Rey Mysterio. That you know, you, you watch the matches that Rey Mysterio's had in the WWE with people, and you can always tell they're having to struggle to keep up. I, I, you know, there's only a few that, that aren't like that. Yeah. Malenko never. Dude, he had a couple of really great matches with um, Ray, and he, he was on the ball. He was sometimes he, he, he looks like Ray was trying to keep up with him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you. He was definitely underrated. Um, I forgot what you know, I was to say there, but Malenko is—he was just a good superstar. And uh, you mentioned. The DX and WO thing at WrestleMania earlier. Yeah. And I know I'm a little bit all over the place, but I just thought of it. Wouldn't that be nice to see? Yeah. It would. I would. Hopefully, if if they they could get enough thunder for it, I'd like to see a DX versus NWO um, traditional Survivor Series match. Yeah, me too. You know, hell, you could even have NWO plus, like, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar versus the Authority. You know, that would still even be really cool. That would. But DX and NWO in the same ring together, we know what would happen. H is not going to let them lose. You know this. Yeah. But realistically, if it was under somebody who was biased, the NWO would rule. I mean... There is no doubt about it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially, let's uh, take it into a fantasy point. They can, if all of them were in their prime, the original NWO versus the original DX, even even then, freaking uh, NWO would run run all over DX. Oh, yeah. You got Hogan Nash and Hall. You know, uh, all three Hall of Famers. We're talking about some three of the greatest superstars out of the 90s. Yeah, they're not going to lose to, to degeneration. No day out of the week. I'm sorry. No, nah, and I'm a huge, huge DX fan. Don't get me wrong, but again, the NWO was the shit back in the day. Oh, yeah, man. I'm a huge NWO fan. Oh, that was... That That's was why. action. That's why I started the show off with the Wolf Pack. <laughs> yeah, it was some good stuff, man. You know, but I didn't, I did not like what came after the NWO. I mean, you had all these, like, copycat faction groups. Uh, the JWO, not the NWO, but the, the, the BWO, the JOB Squad, the LWO. Old skills are. <laughs> Towards right there, towards the end of WCW, is like that was the, the only thing keeping them afloat. Again, that's where anybody who was NWO was making the money in WCW. So everybody wanted to be in the NWO. <laughs> I was watching this documentary about it, and um, that's why it got so huge. You had like twenty people in the NWO. And that's when the NWO Red or the Wolf Pack, again. Um, came into play and stuff, and it was. Which is that? That was also their downfall too. It was. It really was. You know, because even though it was a really good fraction, and the three, even four or five people was really cool. You know, it's cool to have a couple of people. You know, you can make sure it's exclusive. You, know, you want to. The NWO is supposed to be, you know, the best of the best. You know, X Pac, the Giant, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. That's what the NWO should have been. 
but then it turns into like this this whole toyman gang type thing. Yeah. And I get the storyline they went with. They were trying to take over WCW as a company, you know, not just a faction. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and even for a little bit, it'd have been fine to have you know twenty men in there. But it just it got too big and stayed around for too long, and just it kind of turned it into a joke. Right, it kind of turned it into what the WWE Hall of Fame is now. Yeah, it was like um, there was even a moment in WWE when The Rock, they The Rock had his own pay per view. I don't know if you remember Rock Bottom. Oh yeah, it was like it was like uh, Rock Bottom or some shit like that. Yeah. And I was like, if they would have had, like, an NWO-only pay-per-view, I believe they did. Um, Sold out, yeah. Yeah, it was, if they would have done it, something like that, then um, sort of uh, snuffed out some of the flame, then it would have it worked over. But it just, once that train got rolling, it freaking, the brakes were cut, and... It didn't stop until it derailed. Ultimately, at the end of the end of WCW. Yeah, I mean that was their ultimate demise. Was all that stuff going on there? So I I remember talking a little bit, and you said you wanted to do a a a top five. Yeah. um, Well, since uh, you said, uh, how much longer do you got? I. I have about 35 minutes here, sir. All right, so, yeah, we'll do, uh, well, top five wrestlers of all time. Your top five. All right, you want to go first? It's your show, you know. Um, sure. Um, number one will always be freaking, um, The Undertaker in my book. Undertaker, <coughs> he's not only had the greatest WrestleMania streak of all time, freaking... He's he's the dead man, man. Freaking. You know, I, I have to agree with you there. I think that Undertaker should definitely be number one. Now there's, I have to say, you know, my top five. He would he would probably starting it off number one. And uh, I'm I'm really hoping that they follow through with their plans and induct him into the Hall of Fame next year because of any wrestler of all time, Undertaker deserves to be put in the oh, Hall yeah. of Fame. Oh, yeah, he definitely deserves a Hall of Fame birth. I mean, there's no reason at all he shouldn't have already got it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, my second would probably have to be Ultimate Warrior because they can... He knew how to, he knew how to um, rock an arena like no other. And he got, he had the fans. He was a great Intercontinental Champion. Great. Um, it sucked that he he got hooked on the roids, and ultimately that's what led to the destruction of his career. And um, I know there for a while. Um, WWE wouldn't even talk about the Ultimate Warrior because he he went so far off the deep end on steroids and stuff. But last year when they inducted him into the Hall of Fame and all that, I I wish I um, had the clip. Uh, I'll bring this up on my show next week. But um, 
the night after WrestleMania when he was on Monday Night Raw, he gave his own eulogy. And it was like like really creepy because the speech he gave on Raw, like I said, he pretty much gave his own eulogy. And it was like a week later that he died. It was just like, it was really creepy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see that Raw, but I know she's talking about it. It's, it's pretty weird. You know, as far as, you know, number two for me, I have to, I have to say I, I can't put Warrior at two, you know, um, if anybody. In my opinion, if there's number two, it would be uh, Sting. Yeah. You know, Sting, you know, uh, fell onto the business. He actually was a tag team partner of Ultimate Warrior for a long time in like WCCW and, you know, a few other big companies that were, you know, regional and such. And they went around to Blade Runners and they, they, you know, they had a falling out. You know, that's documented that they both had a falling out and Sting ended up getting a contract with the WCW and Ultimate Warrior, we know where he went, you know, became a Hall of Famer for the WWE. <laughs> um, and Sting, you know, he went to this, 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 this organization that was still kind of raw, still kind of trying to find its place, and he, he grabbed it by the horns, and oh, he, he, in my opinion, he was one of the founders, he had the cornerstone oh, yeah. of the WCW, and, you know. And they've even uh, said it, countless times throughout leading up to WrestleMania and stuff that he was he was the last man standing in WCW. He went down yeah. with the ship. He was the captain. He was the final he was the one of the only WCW alumni, I think probably the only to never get beat by a WWE superstar. Yeah, when everybody was jumping. Goldberg, Goldberg lost a few in WWE, you know, uh, only one to get started with, you know, Steiner, you know, and then you got <laughs> uh, the rest of them, DDP, all of them, they all came over to WWE oh, and they all lost. He was the last one to come over and no, he, he got beat at WrestleMania, that travesty, but he was the last one not to be beat by a WWE superstar. Yep. And, uh... But yeah, he was the last man standing, you know, if you want to get in, like, okay, Corral, he was the last guy there. He was the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my number three would definitely have to be, woo! The Nature. The Nature oh, Boy, no. Ric Flair. Uh, uh, no, 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 I can't disagree, but no, there's no way. The wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, limousine riling, riding, styling, and profiling. Fucking, I love Ric Flair, man. He was, he got, he had a little bit of every, a taste of every company. He was in, uh, oh, no, he never went to ECW, but he was in WCW, he, uh, WWF, he was in TNA for a while, and no one can steal the show like the Nature Boy, man. He's had uh, the most uh, World Heavyweight Championship wins ever. Freaking, he's, it's the Nature, man. Freaking, I love him. I miss seeing him getting flicked in the head and gushing blood everywhere. He was like, probably... He was like the he was like the easiest person to make bleed. He would be like walking down the street, and the strong gust of wind would blow his forehead, and he'd just like bust open. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I, I, definitely for your 
top five. I mean, if you're a big player fan, of course, you stick them at three. I just, I could never, I don't know. I, I mean, since I'm biased and was not a Flair fan, uh, he was cool. You know, the Four Horsemen, you know, he came over to WWE, the Evolution Faction, cool. But never a Flair fan. I really get into him, you know. I, but, you know, all the aside, talent-wise, and, you know, as far as the skill set is concerned, he definitely deserves to be in the top ten, in my opinion, at the very least. So, who's but your number three? Number Number three for me, uh, you know, so this is a toss-up. You know, these last three spots are always a toss-up for me. You know, I can, I always change the order every time I do this. <laughs> I think number three is going to have to go, oh, man. I think I'm going to have to go fully. Yeah. I'll, you know, yeah. See, I'd like to uh, here. Fully is, is, in my opinion, not the not the best wrestler in the world. That is that's that is, you know, by far been proven. But as far as showmanship and how to work a match, there's nobody better. Huh. You know, he can walk into a match. There are so many moments he'll go through WWE and he's included I mean, you know, falling off the cage, you know, jumping off the ring into the the floor with somebody in a casket, you know, he is Thumbtacks. <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, him pouring thumbtacks in the middle of the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't watch extreme wrestling. They say it's primitive. They say it's brutal. It is. It is. You know, but the fact is, he was artist. He was an he was a, he was a, a Van Gogh. You know, I mean, he knew how to work a match. He knew how to get the crowd going for him or going for the other guy. He could do it in a split second. He could change it all. You know, it, it didn't take but. I split a second hell, but I had three different personalities that he worked and never missed a beat. I mean, from the crappiest dude love to the best cactus jack, he was he was always awesome. And I think that he doesn't get the notoriety he deserves. And I don't think WWE would be the same place if he had never fell off the cage. Oh, I completely had, agree. You never had that great uh, Falls County where hardcore match with Triple H O two. I don't think this business would be the same without Mick Foley. So I at a very, very, um very uh, adamant number three, Mick Foley. Um and I sit here I wrote down my list too and I I just had to switch. Are you still there? Alright, because my phone's beeping, so we're going to have to get through this pretty quick, because my phone's dying. Um, oh, shit. Um, number four, I did have it as CM Punk, but I ended up scrapping that, because CM Punk, although he was a fucking great wrestler, again, he could rock the mic like no other, I had to switch it for my guy, HBK, Shawn Michaels, because he's Mr. WrestleMania, freaking, he's had countless freaking amazing matches, and he'll he'll always be up there my top favorite wrestlers. Yep, there's no doubt about it. HBK is over that. Um, but for me, number four, number four is going to have to go to, uh, <coughs> number four is going to have to be, I think, it's <laughs> always tough. I was just thinking about it, and then you say HBK, and I really, I, I think that I would have to stick Nash in there at number four. 
WrestleMania like HBK was, but definitely he will always be remembered as Diesel, Big Daddy Cool, you know, Big Sexy. Oh yeah, definitely, and I was I was stoked to see him finally get that Hall of Fame ring this year. Yeah, you know, so that's my number four. That's number, number five. Uh, I'm not gonna say XGS of yours, but I I have kind of a joint one for number five. So you go ahead. Yeah, uh, number five. I think I'm gonna uh, make it a joint one as well, and that will be Stone Cold and The Rock because not only did they have amazing matches against each other. When you think of the Attitude Era, who other than you are you going to think about than the man who gave uh, Mr. McMahon the most hell, that being Steve Austin. Fucking what? What? <laughs> yeah. And still, you know, you still watch Raw to this day and people will walk out talking and go, what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Still. Like, my nephew, I got my uh, six-year-old nephew, he'll, I'll say something, he'll, what? Or then, uh, he'll be like, what did you say? And I'll go to repeat it, it doesn't matter what you said! <laughs> uh, that's why Stone Cold and The Rock would be my number five, because they're legends. Well, number five for me is joint as well. And I just don't think a top five list can be without these two. And it's the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan. There's, you know, without them two, wrestling would have actually changed. I mean, both of them extremely influential in both big WWE, WCW. Both of them, you know, great characters throughout the years. Macho more, you know, heel than anything else. I mean, you should really go back and look. But still, I mean, uh, both of them, Hollywood Hogan, I mean, Jesus Christ, from the 80s to 2001, he rocked both companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the NWO, you know, Hulkamaniacs, what you gonna do, brother? You know, I mean. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, real, and before we go, tonight you said your battery's done. I just had a few notable mentions I just wanted to say, and that was Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, sorry to cut you off, Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is actually trying to talk to WWE right now about possibly doing one more match, and he wants it to be with Bray Wyatt. That would be phenomenal. That'd be awesome. And Bray Wyatt, Jake the Snake Roberts, can you see that DDT happening right now? Oh yeah, that would be that would be freaking epic, man. Yeah, it would. But hey, you know, dude, thanks for having me on this. I, I really hope I have time to come do it again because I had so much fun. If you'll have me again, you know. Oh yeah, I mean? definitely, man. Um, sometime next week, I will be doing a show again. And um, like I t- said to the listeners out there, I am back for good this time. No more slacking. This was my very first podcast. Uh, I'm neglecting it, and thanks to the listeners who emailed me, asked me to come back, and I am back for good. So if you wanna, if you wanna come on as a permanent co-host, you are more than welcome, man. Freaking. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see about permanent co-hosting because, like, Saturdays are my best days and such. But oh. we'll talk about it. You know, I got your number. You, you know, we talk all the time, so we'll figure this out. Love to do like an extreme rules pre show with you and stuff like that. I think it'd be awesome. Hell yeah. So, so, you know, 
I gotta get out of here. He said you gotta get going. Thanks for having me on, dude. And I'm gonna talk to you more later on. All right, man. Take it easy. I'm, I'm gonna go watch World War Three, 1995. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Take it easy, and I'll hit you up on Facebook and all that later. And my phone just died. Perfect timing. Um, so yeah, that was Nick Solomon. He is a a fellow podcaster uh, right here on Spreaker. We were part of a network called the Truth Porn Militia. So uh, if you want to hear some more of me as Happy the Clown, I don't I don't use that as my on air name for my WWE talk. But if you want to hear any more of my stuff. Definitely go check out um, Truth Poor Militia. They have a bunch of amazing shows on there, such as my show, The Happy and Schizo Show, with me and my co-host Schizo. Um, Nick Solomon does a show called Real America Live. Um, we have First Amendment Friday, Second Amendment Saturday. Um, Uncle Gooley does some great shows on there. Blake and Jade from the UK, um, they're on there as well. I'm just... Um, a bunch of awesome stuff to keep you entertained throughout the week and this is going to about wrap it up for this show like I said I am back and I look forward I'm going to get caught up on the last couple weeks of Raw this week um, watch Smackdown this week as well and I will be back next week to talk about all the fun and hopefully Solomon will be back and we can talk some more old school wrestling we're going to start doing a top five. So if anybody has any suggestions for top fives or anything like that, feel free to hit me up on um, SpreakerHappy.SchizoShow. Um, hit me up on my email. It's right there in my info. Um, all that fun stuff. So until next time, take care of each other. Take care of each other and yourselves. I'm out of this biatch where I was they <laughs> spent some technical issues right here at the end trying to get this my closing music queued up but anywho this was WWE Talk I'm the big cow kid Sean B and I will see you all next week
business gives you the bandwidth you need to power all your devices. Get started with 200 megabit internet and voice for $99.99 per month. And for a limited time, we'll upgrade your speed to 300 megabits for no additional cost for the first year with a three-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 today. Comcast Business. Beyond fast. Offer 3120 restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. New business customers only limited to Comcast Business Internet. 200 megabits per second and one voice mobility line. Regular rates apply after first 12 months. Three-year agreement required. Early termination fee applies. Equipment taxes and fees extra subject to change. Monthly service charge increases by $10 without paperless billing and auto pay. Every day, Comcast Business is helping businesses big and small go beyond the expected to do the extraordinary. Because beyond a simple transaction, there is making a customer for life. Comcast Business. Beyond fast. Take your business beyond at ComcastBusiness.com.